Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to The Extra Point Show on WGR Sports Radio 550. Happy Friday, everyone. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt filling in here on the Extra Point Show. Zach Paccio has the day off, and we decided to kick Joe DiBiase out. I mean, he had four hours. It's our turn. Yeah, it's hey. our turn. So we're hanging out here as uh, it's the first football Friday that does not have the Bills playing the rest of the year. It didn't really hit me until Jeremy said that this morning, and I was like, hmm. Man, yeah, that sucks. Because I mean, we've had football Fridays where they have the bye week. You know, they're not going to play that week. But you know, the season's still going. This is the first football Friday though, where the 2023 season is over with. It's done. I was lost because I I usually make those opens for Friday mornings, and I got here today. Like, you know, I, I whenever I do that, I get here earlier than I normally do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I got here earlier than I normally do, and I was like, oh wait a minute, I don't have to do that today. And then I was a little sad. <laughs> yeah, well, because you get in such a rhythm, and, and I was kind of feeling it too, like, just like, you know, I'm, I look, I, we work the Bills games and stuff like that, so we don't get to enjoy them typically as fans, and so there is that feeling of, like, cool, like, I've got my weekends free, like, and all that, like, of course <laughs> right, there's that right. feeling. But I also had this kind of waking up, I want to say, like, Wednesday or Thursday, of just, like, I'm going to miss that feeling of, like, I, I'm in yeah. my routine, they were on a winning streak, did it feel sustainable? Not totally not necessarily the entire time but it was like they're they're figuring it out they're the two seed Kansas City looks weak they did beat Pittsburgh I mean that could have gone any different ways because the Bills in the wild card round have typically not blown teams out they I mean they did the one time with the perfect game but outside of that I mean you had 75 year old Philip Rivers causing many in Buffalo heart palpitations I mean you had Skylar Thompson so it's not like the wild card round has been like easy peasy they get through Pittsburgh and early on with the Chiefs, it felt like, oh, this is different. Like, they've got this. They, like, they, like, they look good. And then the rest of the game happened, and it was, you know, it was very clear they did not have a downfield passing game. Even with some of the dots Allen was throwing, Sherfield, just what a swing and a miss by the Bills front office to bring him in. Yes, only on a one-year deal, but I think there was a hope that he would be in on a one-year deal, and then they would re-sign him to maybe two or three because he hit. Uh, I was somebody that was very excited for him. He did uh, overall nothing except for make one kind of crazy play in the Dolphins game, which I'm mean, great on him, but it was a relatively crazy play, not something you're going to hang your hat on. It's like, a, hey, we've been waiting for that all year. It was not that. And so now I don't want to say we're kind of lost in the desert a little bit here, but this this offseason has a very important feel to it. Yes, the Chiefs, I know, have a ton of cap space. I know Joe was bringing it up earlier today as well on Twitter. But they That have... also made me very sad. I didn't realize they were that far ahead of the Bills in cap space. And with the amount – with the two the two big wide receivers that are available this offseason, I'm not okay about that. Like, is there a world where they get both Mike Evans and Michael Pittman? No, because I mean, that's great if they do, but then they're losing Legarius Sneed and Chris Jones, yeah, along along true. with some You're of the right. other guys. Like I think Tranquil's also a UFA and stuff like that. So, well, and Jeremy also brought up though, 
They could cut MVS and save a million dollars. Yeah. Or $11 million. Yeah, which they're likely going to do. Right, especially if you sign one of Mike Evans or Michael Pittman. Like, why would you need Marquez Valdez Scantling mm-hmm. on your team? Just kind of there. And Canarius Tony, see ya. I, oh, God. Like, yeah. yeah. Goodbye. Like that, that's done. And so, like, that's my thing is, like, yes, they have a ton of cap space, but there was a reason why a lot of us were kind of sitting here going, man, like, man, this is their weakest team in quite a while. It's because it is. And they're a team, though, that's been just a bit ahead of the Bills in terms of their sort of rebuild on the fly because they were already an older team or older-ish team when they got Mahomes and started their runs. Kelsey was already in the prime of his career. Tyreek Hill was kind of just popping off. They had other guys. I think McCole Hardman's also going to be a UFA, I think, for them as well. So, I mean, they've had other pieces there that they've kind of been bringing along. And then they had to restart with getting guys like Kadarius Tony in a trade, drafting Sky Moore and drafting Rasheed Rice. That's been my biggest problem, though, with the Bills so far, is that they seemingly waited until they had to act. That has easily been my biggest problem, Josh. It's just like they've, they've added defensive players. Great. That's awesome. But I think the one big calling card we've seen from McDermott over the past two years is that when his defense get hurt, gets hurt, he seemingly elevates himself. And goes from one of the best defensive minds in football to maybe the best. Now, eventually, injuries just catch up to you. I'm sorry. You you can complain about the defense against Kansas City all you want. He was down an all-pro linebacker all year. And then a linebacker who completely exploded onto the scene in Terrell Bernard. And I think should have at least been a pro bowler. Also goes down. There's only so much you can do. I mean, you were down all your linebackers. Rasul Douglas was simply not healthy, but was healthy enough to play. And your safeties were old. And Travis Kelsey is still Travis Kelsey. Mahomes is still Mahomes. Like, you know, there's only so much you could have done. Well, and that's the interesting thing, too, with Travis Kelsey especially because you saw all year he was basically invisible. I I know. I drafted him in three Mm -hmm. of my fantasy leagues, and I was like, wow, this was useless. Like, why did I waste a second-round pick on this guy? I know that might sound a little crazy. Well, but, 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 I mean, (laughs) what, what, we went, like, I think seven straight games without him having a touchdown? Yeah. Yeah, it was. And he had, like, he'd have, like, 30 yards. He was a typical tight end at that point. He was, you know, he'll catch five passes for five yards each, and he'll block for you, and that's great. Yeah, and, he, and he wasn't really anything special. No. And now, at the end of the season, all of a sudden, hey, there he is. But also, look, the Bills had their fifth and sixth linebackers in there. A.J. Klein was getting ready to go on vacation. Yeah. Like, and that's no disrespect to A.J. Klein. He's always been there for the Bills when they need him. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's the it's the fact that you have one of the best players in the league of recent years who was having a down year and kind of just needed a moment to be like, hey, here I am. I'm still that guy. And you kind of just handed it to them. You, yeah. You, oh, oh. But it's at no fault to the Bills. They can't do anything about it. It's not like, oh, Terrell Bernard, you're hurt. Well, you're going to play anyway. Like, you can't do yeah, that. You're going to play anyway. And when you eventually do get God, because you're clearly, you're like, and he was limping. You could see well, yeah, in, in videos yeah. that people were posting and stuff like that. Yeah. We're going to then blame you. I mean, like, no, it's not. It, it was never going to be a situation like that. So it's not really like the Bills' fault. But at the same time, I wonder, like, I, 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 the one replay that sticks out in my head about the Bills' defense this game, and this is like one of the only times where I look at it and I go, wow, like, guys, this was bad. Mm-hmm. Terrell Dodson and A.J. Klein both got through. They were both unblocked free yeah. runners, and they both went the same spot to try to get Patrick Mahomes. Not and one, you know, one didn't split out wide and one go right now. at him. Both of them got around the line, both of them got in there, and then neither of them got to the quarterback. They yep. didn't even touch him. Yep. And that's that's partially on, hey, Patrick Mahomes, he's a mobile guy, but – when you have two linebackers coming at you, when, when, when like, you have that opportunity, you've got to cash in. Yeah, and 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 it's again, it's it's the 
you know, yes, you want to get there and you want to get to the quarterback. And hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, we can sit here and say, oh, well, they could have done this, they could have done that. But that just seems like so. It seems so elementary to me. Of like, hey, you're right there. Make up your mind and just do it. Just like, get, just, there he is. Yeah. That's the guy with the ball. Go get him. Get him on the ground. I think for me though, my biggest takeaway was I and and I am somebody and this may bite me. Come you know April, May, June. Uh, I'm somebody that really did take McDermott's comments in his exit press conference very seriously. I think him outright pointing out and kind of getting very descriptive in how he did cut his teeth with Andy Reid, who was passed first, and that's how he's always been. And to be fair, statistics have shown the Bills have been passed first much of their lifetime with McDermott as head coach. I, I have to think they're going to add receivers, man. Because like that's my thing is as, as beat up as your defense was, your offense was not properly equipped to even slightly keep up with teams. The moment your run game went away, which I don't doubt the theory that I've heard, I've had some callers say, and I've seen it a little bit on Twitter, that they went to the run game almost solely because they knew their defense was too beat up. They had to keep the ball out of opposition's hands because they knew their defense was too beat up. They were going to give up points, and and it kind and it kind of showed with Kansas City. It, yeah. like it really yeah. showed that they knew. We're, we're too beat up. We've got to just maintain ball control, score almost every time that we have the ball. But they were just so ill-equipped to take on. Re- and, and and this has been my thing too. And and maybe it's a negative attitude I'm having, and, and maybe I shouldn't have it. In like the third quarter of that game, I sat there and and I've said this on air. I said it on the nightcap earlier this week. Like it it didn't matter if they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They were going to get blown up by Baltimore. Or maybe not get blown up, but they were going to lose. They can't keep up with other offenses. They don't have the weapons. Well, look at Baltimore's offense. Zay Flowers. He, they finally decided insane. to like actually like no, we're going to put all of our resources into getting Lamar everything he can. Yep. And Rashad Bateman hasn't been great, but Zay Flowers, like you brought up, has been awesome to start this year. Here's the thing with the with the Ravens. If the Bills, I, I think the Bills are the Ravens, just a year behind. Look at look at the Ravens over the past few years. You have a great quarterback, and you invested a bunch of money into defense. You got Roquan Smith, mm-hmm. got Patrick Queen. I think Patrick Patrick's his first name. Yep, right? Patrick yeah. Queen. Yep. Yeah, Marlon Humphrey as well. Humphrey. I, I mean, like it, it was like you, they drafted Lamar, and we're like, okay, cool. You owe. We're going to go, gonna go run because Greg yeah. Roman was their OC, right? So but, like that's but, that was what they were going to do. But now, with the way McDermott has spoken, I'm on the same boat as you. Is mm-hmm. put your money where your mouth is. Go do it. I, and, and, but, and exactly, put your money where your mouth is, because that's my thing. And, and I will be, and I kind of want to say this now, because I will be aggressively against them. If come April, really May, because it'll be the end of it. Mm-hmm. If we leave that draft and they like drafted one wide receiver in the fifth round or the fourth round, I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I'll stop be... putting money in defensive linemen who ultimately your job sh- or your your goal should not be to sack Mahomes five times in a game. He doesn't get sacked. He's a lot like. Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen in that extent. Yep. They don't go down. Your hope is to force one or two bad plays and to outscore them. That's your hope. When it comes but if, to- but if we're all of a sudden coming in, and I've seen a few mock drafts real quick. Look, depending on the context, if I'm seeing a safety going round one and a D tackle going round two, going into Saturday, I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah. Because it's again, you're just treating the position like it's not one of the marquee positions in the sport. It's why I wouldn't touch it in free agency. These guys are too expensive. They're right. way too expensive. Well, Mike Evans is 30. He will likely make a huge deal, though, because teams desperately need wide receivers. Carolina is going to get frisky this offseason for the sheer fact that they have no other wide receivers and they have no first-round picks. 
Yeah. Like they're and they have money. Get, and they have money. And they're going to get obnoxious with it. I wouldn't even be worried about Kansas City. Carolina's going to overpay for people. So is Chicago. Ooh, yeah, Chicago. Chicago's going to go crazy, I feel like. Washington, I think, has like, the most cap space available in the NFL. Do. They also will likely do something a little bit nuts. The one thing I thought was interesting from the Chiefs game, and this also goes into you know how the offense is going to be structured next year and, and, and things like that, is the run game in the first half was fantastic. I loved it. Like I, I will be the first to say that I or not the first to say, but I'll be one of the people to say that, you know, I liked how they were doing that where it was, hey, keep Mahomes off the field, whatever. In the second half, though, they did the same thing and mm-hmm. Kansas City figured it out. Change the game plan. Well, I, but be, I it's, be adaptive and, and figure out, hey, look, they know what we're gonna do now. Yep. And also the run game was great, but it should not sacrifice the pass game. You I, should and, be and able to do both. And I agree. They couldn't. They did not have the personnel. That's why you didn't see him change. They did not have the personnel. They came into this year, and I was somebody, I was big. I love the Trent Shurfield edition. I love the Deontay Hardy edition. I was a big fan of the Dalton Kincaid pick. Yeah. I was excited. They did not have the personnel to do it. Shurfield was a waste of time here. So was Hardy. Hardy has another year left on his contract. I would not be surprised if they cut him. Shurfield is going to be a UFA this year. He only had a one-year deal. <laughs> not a chance. Gabe Davis. I'm, your number two receiver can't go games on end where he's averaging a catch a game or none. They did not have the personnel. They let the cookie jar get empty. And that was my one thing that I constantly was banging the drum for with this with this organization, this front office, is you have the elite quarterback. You cannot let them get to a point where they don't have wide receivers. And seemingly, this organization traded a first-round pick for Stephon Diggs and went, Done. And never look back. The highest they've drafted a receiver, Josh, in this regime is the fourth round with Gabe Davis. Yeah. You've gotten great value from a fourth round pick in Gabe Davis. You've gotten great value. But are you kidding me? When you're chasing teams like Kansas City, hell, I'll throw out the NFC teams like San Francisco, like Detroit. You've got to invest in that position. You've got to invest in your quarterback. We got to a point, Josh, where they were talking about they wanted him to run less. And yet you didn't get him receivers? Yeah, it's like, what do you want what him to do What are we thinking then? here? What are right. we doing? So you want him to run less, but we're going to give you lesser weapons. That is that is so galaxy-brained, it is alarming. It is. It is alarming that their entire thing, their entire process here has been perfect. We've got our quarterback. Um, let's build a defense that will get down the rest of the quarterbacks, even though that doesn't work for anybody else because they don't get sacked really that much, but it will work for us. It's that meme. That and it's never worked before, but it just might for us. <laughs> it's just they have convinced themselves. I, I I believe McDermott is forward thinking, but in terms of how he believes he can beat other teams, he is thinking backwards. On the defensive side, I believe he wants to throw the ball to win, but mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the football, I think he is thinking backwards. Let me ask you this: When do you think the Bills should have started drafting "quote unquote" wide receivers for the future? Whether that be every that, year, that, well, okay, no, no, no. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. That that I'm not saying like first round guys or like fifth round guys. I'm talking mm-hmm. like the middle of the draft, like second to fourth round. If you look back, 2020 was when they drafted Gabe Davis in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. The next year, they draft Marquez Stevenson in the sixth round. Oh yeah. Oh. The year after that, and that was the only wide receiver in 2021 that they drafted. Mm-hmm. In 2022, they drafted Khalil Shakir in the fifth round. Turning mm-hmm. out to be looks like he's turning out to be good. Right? Looks like he's going to be good. 2023, last year, 
Justin Shorter in the fifth round. Like, I I don't I can't sit here and say yeah no they they've been ready to go in all of those other drafts except for last year. Last year they looked at the offensive line and went hey that needs a little bit of attention and Osiris Torrance has been mm-hmm. awesome. But in every other draft that I was just looking at, the only other positions they drafted on offense were running back and okay there's one O lineman in 2023. Or twenty twenty two. Oh, but me. no, but dude, you're spot on. You're, like I, I there's, know where you're going with this. Yeah. There's one. There's three O linemen in twenty twenty one. One of them being Spencer Brown. Which hey, that worked out. But I mean, Tommy Doyle is a little unfortunate because you know injuries and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I, I just. But you're spot on here, man. I, I'm until, looking at, until this last draft, they effectively ignored the offense. Yeah. If I don't, don't give see, me James Cook in the second round, the value of that pick was a disaster. Yeah. And also, you draft him to be a pass catching back. He can't catch. Look, I love what he's done in the run game. I watched for five straight weeks him drop an open touchdown pass. And they weren't rocket balls. They were being lofted, and he just stopped paying attention. So, again, love what he did, did for the run game. Against, love what he did there. Against Kansas City, though, he he had five targets, four receptions. For what, 10 yards? 21. So I see what your point is there. <laughs> like, but, I mean, but he's overall, not making big plays in the pass game all that often. Right, I know. But, but like you said, he's doing great in the run game, which is something the Bills have not had over the past how many years? Mm-hmm. Since what? LaShawn McCoy? Yeah, no, I, no like, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> so so there is that. that. There is that. But, but my point being, though, is you have 10 draft picks this year. If five or more of them are not offense, there's a problem. And I'm not saying it's all wide receiver. I'm not saying it's like, you know, I don't want another running back or anything. I don't actually, I don't know. Depending on who's available, I don't want another running no. back. No, bring back Ty Johnson, James Cook. I think that's right, back, Ty Johnson. I, I think your I running back room yeah. is great. No, that's right because it doesn't need to. I, like, in all seriousness, you don't need a stud. And if we're looking for a stud, if you're looking at rushing yards, James Cook's there. He's fine. You also have Naheem Hines coming back from injury. That is right. So I mean, there's your punt returner or and kick I think, returner. I think, so I think Bean even talked about like the like he's going to be part of their plans. Like, right. They have no so, desire to move on from him. Bye, Deontay Hardy. See you later. You're, I just like my 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 problem is Josh is as I look at the years they had prior. We, how many times have we talked about not, not just us, but this station has talked about trying to replace Cole Beasley. Mm-hmm. That that has been the main talking point for wide receiver for quite a while is is replacing Cole Beasley, replacing the 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 um the the, the easy route just that I can drop it off, get a first down. They've done that with Khalil Shakir. You know they haven't replaced really Emmanuel Sanders slash John Brown. I would the number two. I don't know if I would say Khalil Shakir is a perfect like he's. It's, it's not a perfect one for one. By the time no, they got because, Beasley, he was an All Pro no, no, slot no. receiver. In the sense of Shakir is not, he's not in those moments where Beasley was you know open right in the middle and like wide open. Shakir is like making these crazy catches that you wouldn't think is possible. He w- he was the best receiver over the last five weeks of football with an eighty six point seven catch percentage. He's been fantastic. He's the best wide receiver in the NFL by seven percent. The, the best Which thing he did for himself insane. was come off on these last five weeks. Because, I yeah. mean, like, without a doubt, I, Allen's going to trust him. Part there of there me, were though, multiple throws the, in that Kansas City game that just you wouldn't have blamed him if he dropped them. And he made the catches, including that touchdown catch and then one at the goal line where mm-hmm. he's getting sandwiched between a Chiefs defender and the ground and, even if and go, still makes the catch. Even if you go to the Pittsburgh game, the, yeah. the magical mm-hmm. touchdown that he has. But my point there being, though, is, is that's where I don't see him as a complete Cole Beasley replacement. Yeah. To me, Khalil Shakir is your perfect Gabe Davis replacement. Yeah. Gabe Davis would make those crazy catches and make a play that you didn't think was possible mm-hmm. in that in one year. I mean, it was only the one year, two years ago, or last year, sorry. Mm-hmm. But that's where Khalil Shakir is for me. He's your guy where it's like, hey, we need something special right now. Yeah. Now you need to go get your Cole Beasley. 
You need to go draft somebody that's going to always be there. See, I, th- I, think, it's, I think it's going to be Shakir and Kincaid. I think, think gonna, so? I think they're going to share that role of being in the middle of the field. You need somebody that can eventually take over for Stephon Diggs. You need a number that's two fair. on the outside. Okay, she, how about Shakir's well, not on the outside. Out, hear me out. Hear me out. You draft your you know middle guy that's always open, second or third round. You draft your Stephon Diggs replacement first round. That's boom. I mean, that were, I mean look, look in, in reality, I'm, I'm somebody I, with this draft class. Depending on how the board falls, and and I get that I, I'm complaining here, but and that's why I've always said like with context, if they do go safety and defensive tackle, and there was guys like Troy Franklin or Brian Thomas or Jalen Polk on the board, I'm going to be furious. But if, but if but if they're gone and it's like guys, it would actually be like malpractice for you to draft like a guy getting ranked in like the late second round here in the first, mm-hmm. and there's a stud safety right there. Fine, then yeah, I, the- I will be okay with it. But then there is going to be the arguments of you've just let nine receivers likely go off the board before you moved. You know, that's mm-hmm. going to be something here. Yeah, they should definitely think about trading up for sure. Well, speaking of that, let's go to the phones. We've got AJ in Amherst on the line. AJ, good morning. How are we doing today? Yo, what's up, y'all? I'm feeling great. Thanks for having me on. I want to say, first off, let's all remember our uh, one of my favorite sump pump songs from the early 2000s hip-hop scene, Joe Budden's Sump Pump It Up. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. And uh, my, my main question is what I'm thinking is uh, – I haven't seen this much hype around a wide receiver in a long time. Marvin Harrison Jr. What do we have to do to ruin our franchise's future to move up and draft this dude? Shout out to my brother, Adam at CMU. Thanks for having me on, guys. I want to listen. Keep up the great job. Thanks, AJ. And I I think AJ uh, nailed it on the head with his last point there. (laughs) uh, How would I have to ruin my franchise to get Marvin Harrison Jr.? There is a reason why you have not seen a receiver hyped up as much as he was. I I, I am somebody, though, that I did tweet out when the college awards were brought up. I thought Malik Neighbors should have won the Bolitnikoff for college's best receiver. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I thought he just statistically had a better season than Marvin Harrison Jr., but he had to win that award once in his career because yeah. he might be one of the best modern college receivers ever. He is up there in terms of prospect. Josh, if Chicago decided to keep Fields, it's not bad value for them to just take him number one overall. Well, I was just going to say, to AJ's point, if you want the Bills to trade up to get Marvin Harrison Jr., you're trading for the first overall pick because I don't think Chicago is going to pass on him. I don't think they should move off of Fields because— I think the thing is, like, he— it, it, I I think they are gonna I think they are gonna take Caleb Williams, but that's the thing is like if you think Chicago's gonna take Caleb Williams? I, I think they're gonna take Caleb Williams and trade fields, but that's the thing is if they wanna keep fields, they're keeping the number one overall pick. Because because well, I don't think they're gonna be able to trade to like four or five and still get Harrison Jr. I think they will just keep one and take him. I don't think it'll be bad value. I ultimately do think they're gonna trade fields and take Williams. I think I think if you're Chicago, I think you could trade to three. What's the value at three? If you trade with the Patriots, one to three, which I don't think the Patriots would do that. Even the Commanders. If you just trade down, if you're Chicago and you mm-hmm. want to get more assets, because yeah. Washington and New England are not going to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. No, no, they're going quarterback. Oh, yeah, so then it becomes like, does does New England want to truly show how different they are, right, trade, trade up to up. one, get Caleb Williams, and then restart their franchise? I, I, how, yeah, I could totally get that. However, with the Bears, they also have the ninth pick. That's right, they do. So they could somehow trade up with that and keep the one draft Marvin Harrison Jr. And then also draft a quarterback. See, I'm, I'm like fully, I'm like fully in. I think they're going Caleb Williams one. And then at nine, they're going to draft Roma Dunze out of Washington. I think that's a good consolation prize. But but, but to AJ's point, it's too much. It's, it's far too much. It's Um, even too much to try to get a Dunze. Like you're not, you're not, I think getting in the top 10. No. Harrison Jr. is considered generational. 
neighbors in Adunze are considered game changers. They are considered coming in day one. They, they, all three should have over 1,000 yards by the end of their rookie year. Harrison Jr. might have a Jamar Chase-type rookie year. And the other two, they should have, at worst, like Chris Olave, Jordan Addison years. But those two are different breeds. Mind you, Chris Olave is doing that with... You know, Derek Carr, Derek Carr and James, James Winston, Winston and Taysom Tam- Hill. Yeah, oh boy, New Orleans, what a time to be there. And they're they're right in the same spot as the Bills. They're actually in a worse cap situation than the Bills, yeah. which is hilarious. But yeah, I, I just like, you look at this wide receiver class, though, and, and I, I'm somebody, I don't think, if the Bills want to trade up, that's fine. They don't need to go to number 10 or even the top 10 to do anything crazy. If you want to trade up from 28 to like 20 or, or, or you know, let's not get crazy, 24, you're still going to have guys like Brian Thomas Jr., who's 6'4", 200 pounds, is going to run around the four threes. Great catch radius. Or Troy Franklin out of Oregon, who is going to run in the four threes, is one of the fastest, most explosive players in this draft class. He might even be there at 28. Could they and get then, a, Sorry. And then somebody I'm, I'm probably bigger on right now than the consensus, Jalen Polk out of Washington, the second receiver. Yep. He's going to be there just flat out at 28 at this rate. Could they get up to Keon Coleman? I think Keon Coleman's going in the second round. Really? Yeah, I, and I also I don't. I'm early in my process of looking at players. I don't think Keon Coleman fixes anything the Bills have. He does not separate well at all. But you think he's going to fall to the first? He's ranked in fourth in most drafts. Yeah, that's not going to last. Or they're, fourth, they're, fourth of wide receivers. Yeah, fourth there are going to be other guys that are just better NFL receivers. He doesn't separate. Makes incredible catches. Is a great physical receiver, but he just does not separate. His footwork is not great. He's not a clean route runner. And you've got to be those things coming into you know, the NFL to make an immediate impact. And that's what receivers are doing nowadays. They're coming in and there isn't really a rookie window or a a rookie wall. They're just coming in and being good right away. We do got to take a quick time out here. Taking your calls, 803-0550. What do you want to see the Bills do this offseason? Where do you think they need to improve as we head into the 2024 NFL offseason? We'll take your calls when we come back. Again, 803-0550 is the number. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt filling in here on the Extra Point Show. And you're listening to WGR. 